This is First and Five, Northwest Missouri's exclusive podcast covering regional sports. Tune in every Thursday for the latest information on sports news and entertainment. And now, your hosts, Phil and Guy. Welcome to the First and Five podcast. Phil Dwayne and Guy Speckman here. We've completed week one of the high school football season. And there's been some big wins, big losses. And Guy, what's your week one thoughts? I think the, the first thing that you have to remember about week one is it's not as big a deal as you think it is, regardless of whether it's a win or it's a loss. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen, some thing, seen some games that opened our eyes, but especially in these days of COVID and players being quarantined, things of that nature, I think uh, you can't make too much of a loss or a win. Well, a couple of the favorites out of the MEC Conference, speaking of Maryville, and the KCI Conference, Lathrop, they took big losses. And Maryville walked out of there with a big injury to quarterback Ben Walker. That changes the complexion to me, although big wins, big losses maybe don't mean as much. But then you got injuries. Absolutely. And I think, you know, Maryville lost to a Blair Oaks team that's probably really going to be good. And, you know, that's the – that's the thing that you always have to say in week one is, what's this team going to become? And as you get two and three weeks into the season, you begin to see what the competition uh, is moving on and doing after you. So, so you're going to see what Blair Oaks is. The, the, the question this year is, as teams start not playing, like Lathrop, Lathrop's out now because of quarantine. So you, you, it's going to be harder to tell where you're at as a team. I mean, Maryville – that loss in a regular season, any season beyond uh, this type of 2020 year, it is, is, is a bad loss, but it doesn't define an entire season. It really doesn't. And that's not just coach talk. Um, you, you could find out that Blair Oaks is, is a real power and that Maryville is going to be a real good solid team still. And we've seen that in the past with Maryville on that tough schedule they tend to run especially being you know a smaller class school in the MEC conference. At the same time, they're juggling the COVID thing. And so to me, I think back, okay, I want to see Lathrop rebound. Um, another school that's affected by COVID, Savannah. Now, you can't see your players for two weeks, and they can't practice and work out, and then you jump back on the field on Friday night. That's tough on conditioning. That's tough on making adjustments from the week one. And I just think this, I mean, this is the COVID chess match of football for high schools. I think it just changes the entire game for everyone. Makes a coach's job harder, makes the player's jobs harder, it makes the trainer's job harder. The trainers, you know, these it, it's going to be difficult to put kids back out on the football field after two weeks. And, you know, I, I still think when you look at the MEC, I still think you're going to see Maryville right at the top at the end of this thing. I think with, with the Savannah quarantine situation, they're going to be looking to survive this season uh, at this point. I mean, when you have teams that are out, they're going to be uh, – they're just coming back looking to survive. And I don't know if they're going to challenge Maryville in the, in the MEC at the end. But I, you talked to an athletic director this week. How are they going to determine the winners of these conferences? Well, 
I think that they do it off a winning percentage, and that's what I gathered. So my question was, do you, do you book your week two if you can't play as a tie? Be, it can't officially be a loss. It can't be a win. Do you mark it as a tie? And they mark it as like a did not play. So I think as you get into week four, you see teams that might be 1-0 and 0-1, and, and, and then it comes down to a winning percentage. And that's how they're going to run it. So then we got to go, you know, bullet number two this week, you know, a team like Maryville, a team like Lathrop, defending champions of their conferences, is, the, is this the year with the COVID and things that they get knocked off as the, the you know, the, the reigning leader in the conference? Even if it's not uh, that they're the, uh, lesser teams, uh, it might sure happen because of all the things that are, that are pushing on this season. And you just have to believe I, – I mean, Lathrop's going to be down from what they were. That, there's no doubt about that because of the loss of the seniors. They just lost so many seniors. There's no way that they're going to come back as, as, the same, as the same football team. And you got to think Lawson over there is going to have a say in the way things go. Well, and speaking of St. Joseph schools, on to bullet number three for this week. Benton takes a loss. Lafayette takes a loss. Central has their first win in two seasons in their football program. Isn't that uh, a good thing for Coach Reggie Trotter? I mean, these guys are are working hard. Uh, it's tough to keep showing up when you're having when you're on a bad run. It's tough to start a new season. It takes special kind of coaching and a special kind of team to uh, to get that first win. It really does. I think it's maybe more difficult than uh, winning the 25th straight game for the winning programs. In St. Joseph, of course, there's been debate on the the whole heritage of, you know, south side, north side, midtown with Central Lafayette, Benton. You know, there was talk of having a two-school town and getting rid of the open enrollment and going to some more traditional stuff because Central winning football games and Lafayette and Benton, you know, Benton losing, this brings up this whole topic of open enrollment in St. Joseph. And I'm going to tell you, Coach Trotter, he's playing as a sophomore crew. I mean, the, the quarterback was connecting with sophomore receivers, so it feels like he's building on something bigger. But does because Central's good this year, does that mean Lafayette and Benton are going to be down because those that group of kids decided we're all going to Central, we're not going to maybe where we live, we should be going to Lafayette, we should be going to Benton. You know, that whole debate in St. Joseph with their, with their schools and how it's open enrollment. I, I think that it has been the driving force in football in St. Joseph for decades and the fact that you have um, students pursuing uh, different sports or different activities or educational pursuits that they want they want they may be tied to the south side or they may be wanting to go to one of the other schools for any reason and that creates just a demographic problem when you're competing when central's competing in the upper levels of high school football and it, it just becomes a challenge to have the best football players in the city all in that one school. It's just going to be difficult to get them all there because they have these, these choices in St. Joseph. And, you know, uh, I'm not getting into the politics of how many schools they need in St. Joseph, but it, it hurts them from a football standpoint. There's no doubt. And a facility standpoint, if you think about some of the facilities that they use, they've been around for years. And so, 
you know, you travel to a Springfield, Missouri, you travel to some other areas where they have newer, more modern high schools. I think it just makes, you know, lag St. Joe. And, you know, I think we have a lot of employment opportunities and things like that, but that's a different debate. That's for like city managers and things like that. We don't do that. We talk football and we talk high school sports. And this is Matt Thrasher with American Family Insurance. As a lifelong resident, I've always been proud to support the local athletics. With over 20 years of insurance experience, please think of me and my agency for your insurance needs. Feel free to give me a call at 816-238-1121. Central beat Ruskin, which we know probably uh, Central was at least favored by two scores going into the game because Ruskin tends to be down at times. They're going to see North Kansas City this week, and so we'll just see how they respond after that win if they can carry momentum into week two. You got to uh, pull for this group a little bit. Reggie Trotter comes out of the the uh, Jerry Partridge coaching tree, and you know you're talking about uh, people that um, uh, a group of coaches that are strong-willed, going to put the best foot forward day in and day out. And you got to believe that the Central Football Team may start uh, start building some momentum, even if they don't win football games, like you say, with a young group here. If they keep putting one foot in front of the other and making some progress each week, then, then maybe they get built into something in the next couple of years. They're on my radar for the team to watch this week. I'm excited to see how they do. And, and knock on wood, everybody's healthy. They're, they're not knocked out of the elimination game because of the COVID. Let's move on to bullet number four. And I've talked about Midbuck as a possible candidate to, to give the KCI a run for their money. Guy, you know, Coach Fritz, he, he's coming off a, a great season last year. I mean, do we see them? Can they upset Lathrop and win the KCI Conference? And there's a lot of great schools in the KCI, but what do you think about Midbuck? Well, and they're coming off a big win, just a convincing win last week, 41-6 to at Princeton. You know, I, I just started looking back, and, and they had a playoff loss last year to Valley Catholic, which, are, you know, Valley Catholic is always a perennial power or has been for, for many, many years. And then, so I started looking back and I think, well, where, where do they stand? The last time they lost a regular seat, the last time they lost before that playoff game was against Lathrop on September 13th last year. I, I mean, this, this guy's got a program going. This, this football team is going to be something with Lathrop graduating their, their seniors. You gotta, you gotta circle that game. Uh, for this year between Mid Buchanan and, and Lathrop. Well, let's go to our last bullet for this week and just surrounding things around the area. You know, I'm, I'm watching the paper. I'm seeing the updates on softball scores, and they're juggling the, the girls' softball programs and volleyball programs. They're juggling the same things the high school coaches juggle as far as keeping them healthy, and we saw, we kind of mentioned in past podcast about the state of Iowa, how winning that state championship or winning that conference is just as much about keeping your team healthy as it is about performing well on the field. Cause you got to do, you got to stay healthy first and then we got to go perform on the field. So they're juggling a lot of things. And so I think that's cool to watch in the area. The other thing here last week was the Savannah youth football tournament. And 
I've been a part of this uh, for years, and I know Guy has. Guy's one of the founders of it. But, Guy, something that's cool in a COVID time, tell us a little bit about what you know from the Savannah Youth Football Tournament here a week ago. You know, I haven't been out there personally for a couple of years, but uh, I talked to some of the guys this week about what's what's happened out there, and it's just incredible what has been done. They, they, uh, they reported to me that they estimated the crowd – over two days to be between six and seven thousand people. They're saying it's the it's the highest number of uh, like passive football spectators that they've had. Meaning, people without kids in the program, without grandkids in the program, were just out watching a little bit of football. Now it helps you have great weather. It helps it's an outdoor event, and it helps that there's not much else going on. But it's just a testament to the fact that it's a little bit more about f- than football. It's it's just a great family activity that that a lot of people enjoy watching apparently they had had a lot of success had 40 40 plus teams i heard so uh, sounds like a uh, sounds like it was a resounding success a, a little story about youth football tournament in savannah and i've done several but it is a cool time to watch the little guys that uh, put their helmets and pads on and they go out and tackle and they go out and play and and i remember years past uh, a Kansas City team. There's several teams from all over come into this tournament, but it was Trent Green's son, um, and Trent had retired from the Chiefs, and his son was playing quarterback. and And, and Trent set over in, in you know on the blanket with his wife and family. Nobody bothered him. It's a family atmosphere there. It's a close game, and there's like three minutes left. They had the ball. Uh, the I think it was Green Valley team. I forget which team they played on, but. They had the ball with about three minutes left, and they're down by, like, a field goal. And Trent Green gets off the blanket. He walks over after his son breaks the team meeting, and he whispers something to his son. And his son drives the team down the field and wins the game. That was a cool thing to watch, just speaking of what it means in youth football. And and both my boys have played youth football, and they, they eventually become men, and they have to move on to a new program in a high school. But those days are some of the best. It's like – That's what – when I heard some of the names, I think you hit it right on the head. When I hear some of the names that are running youth football right now, it, it just uh, it's it's uh, excites me because they got kids that played in the program. They're grown. They've got young kids themselves now, and they are now in charge. And uh, almost uh, you know, all the board members have are uh, are people that played in the program. Now they came up through the program, and now they're out there running tournaments and running the league and. That's a pretty neat deal. Well, I know that – let's just take that sophomore group at Central. I mean, I know that group played up in that tournament when they were young, and, and I remember watching some of them. And I didn't make it up there either uh, to watch Guy, but it's exciting that there's something good like that that we have for kids to participate, and it's cool that they get support. So that's a great thing. Any closing thoughts this week, guys? We we get ready for week two here tomorrow night? Hey, I think we're in crazy, crazy 2020 football. And we're going to see a year where anything can happen. And I think that might be the exciting part of it, is that we're going to, it's going to be uncharted landscape because we do not know uh, how many – you're going to have teams that end up the season with six, six games, five games, eight games. We don't know. And the ones that win are the ones that are going to persevere, the ones that really just, uh, just stick to business and uh, make it through all this, not only regular football season, but a COVID football season. Exactly. We can't wait. We'll report next week. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the First and Five. We'll see you next week.
Are you looking to get in the best shape and health of your life? Hi, I'm Christy Mayfield, a certified personal trainer and nutritional coach here in Northwest Missouri. I'll help you move better, perform better, and feel your best with customized training and guidance. Together, we can reach your goals. Call me today at 816-294-6831.